0: When you worship that way, amen. I can only imagine what it sounds like to our Heavenly Father, amen. What will it be like on the day when we can just worship with saints of old, all together, singing that beautiful choir to our Lord Jesus Christ, amen? What a glorious day that will be, amen. We're going to take the order of our service now and bring some special needs to the Lord, amen. I'm going to ask Brother Ben McCafferty if he would take these needs to the throne for us. We ask that you remember our pastor in prayer, uh, his wife, family is not here today. Brother Barry also has a, a surgery scheduled on his hand that is going to be on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. So we want you to be praying for him, man, that God would just guide the surgeon's hand to relieve that pain he's been dealing with. Amen. we ask that you continue to remember Brother Joe Pascal in prayer, doing much better, but still on the road to recovery. Man, we're just so encouraged by what God has been doing for the folks that were dealing with this virus. Amen. It's just amazing how far he's brought them. Amen. And been merciful, I tell you. Amen. Uh, Keep Brother Richard and Sister Mary in your prayers. Amen. Still recovering. And also, we want to remember Brother Roger Clavel in prayer. He's went through a really tough time. God would just intercede for him. Amen. It touches life. That's all I have. It on uh, spoken prayer requests at this moment. Do you have unspoken prayer requests that you'd like to make known? Amen.
1: We're gonna pray with you, friend. God bless you. Amen. Let's bow our heads, dear Heavenly Father. This morning, Lord, it is a honor and a privilege, Father, to be with you here, Father, with our brothers and sisters, Lord. Able to come and worship and to hear your word this morning, Lord. And we're so thankful for that. And Lord, we truly are a needy people, Lord, and uh, we struggle sometimes and we have heartaches and pain, Lord. And we're thankful, Father, that there is somewhere that we can go, Lord, when we are going through those times of trouble. And Lord, we just ask, Father, all those that raise their hands, Father, this morning, that you would be with those needs, Father. Some of them may be physical, some may be spiritual, Lord, some may even be financial, Lord, but that you would touch each of those needs, Father, and bring your mercy upon those situations, Father. And Lord, this morning we also want to remember, Lord, our brother Joe, Lord, how much we've all prayed for him, Father, and we're so thankful, Lord, that you've brought him through, Lord, and we just ask that as he's continuing to go through rehab, Father, get his strength back, Lord Jesus, that you will be with him. Give him strength, Father. Lord, we ask that you'll give our sister Lisa strength as well, Father, as she continues to be alongside him, Father. Lord, we ask that you'll bless her as well, Father. We just ask that you'll be with our sister Mary and brother Richard, Father. Bless them, Lord, our brother Roger, Father. Lord, that you will continue, Lord, to give him emotional strength, Father, and bless him. And Lord, this morning we ask, Lord, especially for our pastor, Lord, that you will give him a strength, Father, a renewing, Father, in his body and his spirit, Lord, as he relaxes. Lord, we appreciate our brother Barry so much, and we appreciate, Lord, this last year has been so hard on him mentally, Lord, with all the decisions he's had to make for our church, Lord, we ask that you'll just give him a special blessing, him and Sister Becky both, Lord. Lord, we ask that you be with our brother Jaron, Father, and as the word comes forth, may our hearts be open to receive it. And may we do our part to pull. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you, Brother Ben. You can have your seats. Amen. glad to have the visitors that we see with us today. Brother Joseph Canada texted me and said we had some youth up from the assembly there it's just good to have you and appreciate your spirit of worship that you bring with us and any others that are visiting amen if you're watching by way of the internet amen we just welcome you to join with us amen. we brother keith has a special for us at this time we're going to let him take it away amen
2: Ever seen or done how could I dare to claim as mine although Dad.
0: his grace amen let's stand together I'd like to sing the song in Christ alone will I glory give G in Christ alone I place my trust amen in Christ
2: alone will I glory though I could pride myself in battles won For I've been blessed beyond measure And by his strength alone I overcome Oh I could stop and count successes like diamonds in my head But those trophies could not equal the grace by which I stand. In Christ alone, I place my trust and find my glory in the power of hope is Christ alone. In Christ alone do I glory for by His grace I am redeemed. For only His tender mercy on my weakness to my need. And now I seek no greater honor than just to know Him more and to count my gains and losses through the glory of my Lord. My trust and find my glory in the power of the cross. In every victory, let it be said of me. My source of strength, and my source of hope is Christ. Christ alone, in Christ alone, I place my trust. the Lord.
0: Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to invite our minister to come at this time, Brother Aaron. As he's making his way, why don't we sing that song together? I sing praises to your name. I sing praises to your name.
2: Oh, Lord, praises to
3: People in the praise of your presence, of your children. Lord Jesus Christ, we have come this morning with our hearts open that, Lord, you can come and speak to us and, Father, be with us and abide with us. Lord God, we feel like those that were uh, coming from a who said, Because the, the night is late, abide with us. Lord Jesus, we see, Father, the press that is around us and, Lord God, the many uh, trials that are around us. And we say like those brothers, abide with us because it is late. Oh God, we invite you this morning, Holy Spirit. May you come and take over. May you be the speaker. May you be, Lord God, in the ears of your children. Lord God, that we may be able to hear your word. For you said, let him, that is an ear, hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. We thank you, Father. We give all glory and praise to your name. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want us to open a scripture while we are standing, so that we can just uh, sit down. Uh, thank you, Brother Jeremy, for the wonderful singing. It's Just so nice to come to church and to worship. And let's open our Bibles in First Timothy chapter two, verse fourteen. If you have your Bibles, <laughs> First Timothy chapter two, verse. Uh, It says, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression, notwithstanding she shall be saved in childbearing, if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. Amen. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may have your seats. So happy to be uh, back in church after a long time. (laughs) I've just been uh, staying home. As you know, that my wife is a Jew this week. So we were minimizing long distance traveling. You know, we didn't want to have uh, high blood pressure and things like that. But she's doing fine. The doctors say she's doing very well, everything is normal. And uh, I also want to take this opportunity to thank you for the gifts for the baby shower. That was very nice and so sweet of you. <laughs> it means a lot to uh, Sister Trish and I and uh, just so happy to be part of this family. And, um, and uh, we are always together in spirit worshiping. Um, so today I'm going to talk about the sacred virtues of the church. This is a part one. Um, it's um, it's one of those sermons that, you know, you can preach on them for weeks and months and even years. But today we are just going to talk on part one. And I want to appreciate Brother Barry for giving me this opportunity to speak uh, to the church this morning, hoping that he's having a wonderful time resting uh, wherever he is. And, you know, it's just so nice to that, you know, a man can also have time to to rest. And Brother Bram says, you know, we have to take some rest. We have lost many preachers in Africa, at least I know, because of lack of rest, you know, heart attacks, you know, strokes and many things. And we come to find out that the prophet teaches us that, you know, people have to take some rest, especially those that labor in the ministry. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to talk about the sacred virtues of the church. Uh, Two weeks ago, I was invited by a certain brother in South Africa to speak on the Zoom platform to his group there. So it was broadcast on YouTube, and we had some believers who were tuning in, and we were talking about uh, missions work. And um, so um, I I was there, and there's also another brother from Scotland in Edinburgh. He also does some, some missionary work. So uh, we got to talk a little bit about that, and uh, we also spoke about, they were asking about the Bible distributions and things like that, and I I, I let them know that it's it's the minister of Hickory Bible Tabernacle, and they were so thankful and so happy, you know, for what you are doing. And and from that inspiration, I just thought I should share some some of that inspiration with the church this morning. So, uh, this is one of the sacred uh, virtues of the church. So, from the scripture that we have read in 1 Timothy chapter 2, here the Bible says that Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived. And she was found in the transgression. And the Bible says, but she shall be saved in childbearing. So, childbearing is tied to salvation for the woman. And we know that the woman, she types the church, right? The woman is a type of the church. So when the Bible talks about women, it's talking about the church. When the prophet is talking about women, he's talking about the church. When the, the Branham is, is talking strongly on women, it's not a personal thing on, on the women, but it's something that is meant to help the church of the living God. So now, the woman was found, you know, the woman Eve was deceived. And being deceived, she was found with the seed of the serpent. And the only thing that redeemed Eve was because Adam also had his seed in Eve. And because she was part of Adam and she carried Adam's seed, she was saved in childbearing, praise the Lord. And the church of God, we are also saved because we are part of Jesus Christ. And we are supposed to bring forth the seed of Jesus Christ. So one of the sacred virtues of the church is motherhood. So motherhood is being able to bear children. That's just one part of it. And motherhood is also being able to take care of those children. Is being able to raise children in the fear of the Lord. So we see, we find out today that you know the prophet teaches that the backbone of a country. The backbone of a church, the backbone of a society is a family life. If you read the spoken word, the invasion of the United States, the prophet describes how the devil attacked the country. The first thing that he does is he breaks up the home. He breaks up motherhood. He breaks up fatherhood. He breaks up sonship. Amen. And when he does that, you no longer have a society. God's plan is that the home must must have a head, which is the man, and the mother is supposed to be there to teach the children in the way that they're supposed to go. Amen! We found out that the reason why we have got so many many people in jail, if if you come to find out, you see that many of those people that are in jail, is because they did not have a decent home. They didn't have a mother. And if you had a mother who taught you in the Word, praise the Lord for that mother, If you have got a mother who prays for you, praise the Lord for that mother. Because it's a sacred responsibility that was given to the woman. Hallelujah! So it's not to raise cats. I know we love our cats. It's not to raise dogs. I know we love our dogs. The first responsibility that God gave a woman was to raise children in the fear of the Lord. And we know because we are living in the last days. There is politics. There is all these things happening. And there is a pressure of taking the woman from her position. Amen. But let me tell you this, my brother, my sister. You are a daughter of God. You are a son of God. You should prioritize what God has called you to become. You should put priority to what God has given you. It's a sacred trust. It's a sacred stewardship. It's something that you must know. That this is not given to any other being, not any other animal. It's given to me. When God gives you a a child, it's a privilege. When you adopt a child, it's a privilege. And you are going to be accountable to God in, in, in terms of how you raise that child. You are going to be responsible before God how you raise your children, how you spend your time. One time the prophet, he said... I know some of you women who, you know, don't go to work and, you know, just people, some of you women who go, to church, who go to work and leave your children. I know that sometimes we have to work to help, you know, in the family. It's also part of motherhood. I mean, there's a balance to it, right? But then there are some who just, you know, like to go out and leave, you know, their, their kids. And Brother Abram says, one of these days, that the few dollars that you get and you neglect your children, they shall ring on the Day of Judgment like the coins of Judas Iscariot. Because you have sold out your sacred responsibility for the love of money. Amen. It's a permissive will. Let it be something genuine. Let it be something that you know that you really have to do it. But always have time with your children. Praise the Lord. So the church is given this sacred responsibility by God. It's a sacred responsibility of bringing forth children in the kingdom of God. Amen. So here Paul says in Second Corinthians chapter 11 verse 2. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have exposed you to one husband. That I may present to you as a chaste virgin to Christ. So Paul, the messenger is saying I have presented you the church to one husband Jesus Christ. So the church is not exposed to any other man. The church is not exposed to any other thing. The church is exposed to Jesus Christ. So that it can bring forth children unto Jesus. So that it can bring forth children unto God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's read here something. John chapter 21 verse 15. I love this scripture. So when he had died, Jesus said unto Simon Peter, Simon son of Jonas, Lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. He said again unto him the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, Laughest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Laughest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto you, when you was young, you gettest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldst. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall get thee and carry thee with that thou wouldst go. So Jesus, whether thou wouldst not. So Jesus Christ, before he goes, he gives this, he emphasizes this sacred responsibility upon the church. And Peter was the chief disciple, we know that. And he was given the keys of the kingdom. And Jesus Christ, remember, God does not use vain repetition. When God emphasizes something, it ought to be emphasized. When Jesus Christ says, Verily, verily, I say unto you. He is not using vain repetition. It's something that is absolutely, completely true. It's something that cannot be changed. It's something that cannot be moved. It's something that you can hang your soul on. So he says to him three times, as if one time, One word from Christ is enough. One word from Jesus is enough. But here he says three times, Peter, do you love me? He says, yes, Lord, I love you. He says, Peter, son of Jonah, do you love me? He says, yes, Lord, I love you. Peter, son of Jonas, do you love me? He says, yes, Lord, I, I love you. He said, if you love me, feed my, sh- my sheep. In other words, you are, the, you, you are, you are the, the apostle to the church. You are the mother. Feed my lambs. Feed my children. Take care of my flock. Hallelujah. That's the words that Jesus Christ said to Peter. Can you imagine that the God of heaven could tell a mortal man such a responsibility? We know that God can do all things. God does not need any man's help. But here Jesus is, is giving a responsibility to Peter and say, Peter, I want you to do this for me. Which means that in the old, there is things that God wants, wants to do himself. And then there are things that he has to do through the church. There is things that the husband does. And there's things that he does through the wife. Amen. That's the order of God. Let's read here. Galatians chapter 4 verse 22. For it is written that Abraham had two sons. The one by a bondmaid. The other by a free woman. But he, he who was of the bondwoman was born f- after the flesh. But he of the free woman was by promise, which things are an allegory, for these are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gathereth to bondage, which is Agar, and for this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answereth unto Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of all. So Jerusalem, which is above, is the mother of God's children. And we read in Revelation, the Bible says that, John said, I saw Jerusalem come down. I saw the bride, right? So when he saw the bride, he saw Jerusalem coming down. So Jerusalem is the mother. Jerusalem is the bride. It's the mother of the children of God. As the church of the living God, you are not just an individual. You are the bride of Jesus Christ and you are the mother Amen. For God's children. Praise the Lord. Isaiah chapter 66 verse 8. The Bible says, Before she travelled, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a main child. Who, had, who hath had such a thing? Who has seen such a thing? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. So the scripture here, Brother Branham tells us, it talks about Israel. When Israel is gathered in the homeland, it has to bring forth the hundred and forty-four thousand. So here, Isaiah is saying, we have seen such a thing that a nation can be born in one day. So Israel is born in one day. So all the, everything that, that is happening in Israel right now, it's a travailing time so that she can brought, bring forth children Unto Jesus Christ. And this is the 144,000. And the Bible says, As soon as Zion travelled, she brought forth children. And we as the church of God, sometimes we go through birth pains. Not because of our choice, but because some, we have to also bring forth children unto Jesus Christ. And children are born through travailing. Children are born through pains. Amen. It's not easy to raise children. It's not easy to bring forth children. But it's it's a joy. Amen. Praise the Lord. So Zion travails and brings forth children. The church also, it has got the travailing spirit that helps it to bring forth Jesus Christ's children. Amen. And we should never lose this travailing spirit. It's the spirit that causes us to pray, Lord May you touch my neighbor. Lord, may you bring forth, may you help my lost son. I'm claiming him by the token. Lord, help my boss. You are constantly travailing. You are fasting. You are praying. God works through that so that he can bring forth children in the kingdom. Amen. That's the travailing of Zion. Now we find there are five ladies. I call these the five ladies of grace. There is Tamar. There is Rahab. You know, uh, uh, Rahab of Salmon, Ruth of, of Boaz, there's uh, Bathsheba of, of David, and there is the gentle bride of Jesus Christ. So these are, are gentle women that, that we find in the genealogy of our Lord Jesus Christ. And these women, they were chosen to bring forth princes. You know, they brought forth the princes of Judah. And this bride the prophet says it's, she's pregnant with the word to bring forth Jesus Christ. Amen. If you read in Revelation chapter 12, it talks about a woman who had 12 crowns and there was a dragon who wanted to kill this woman. And she was you know, given two wings of, a, of, of an eagle because she was travailing to bring forth what? Children. Now, the prophet, I, I found this spoken word which, which I got my inspiration from uh, the Invisible Union of the Bride of Jesus Christ. I got it in Brother Barry's office whilst I was back there. So, another confirmation that, you know. So, the prophet, if you, if you go and read if you want, when you go back home, he, he gives these three sacred virtues of a woman. He says the first one is, uh, he says it's motherhood, uh, womanhood, and uh, chastity. And I'm, today we are just focusing on the first one, which is, which is motherhood. And let's go to the next slide. And he says now, there are three sacred virtues of a church. There is Christ, there is prayer, and there is the Word. So so motherhood, it it speaks to the church of of Jesus Christ. Next slide. So we find in the Old Testament, the Jews, they had seven feasts. And these seven feasts, the seven feasts, there were uh, four feasts that happened in the springtime. And there were three feasts which happened in the fall. The other ones they happen in the former rain. The other one come in the later rain. And these feasts they were tied to the harvest. And I want you to know that God's program is to do with the harvest. So the feasts of Israel they were connected to the harvest. You could not have Passover unless you have got barley which is ripe. You cannot have uh, uh, the feast of atonement or Tabernacles unless the grapes and the wine is ripe. Right? So, in fact, it was a law that whenever people come, they must bring something unto the Lord. So, time would coincide with the harvest. That's when the feast would come. So, that was, that was how God worked. Remember when they had the first Passover, when they went out of Egypt, and Moses pronounced the plague of hell. The Bible says that the barley and the flax was smitten, because it was in the ear, Right? But the wheat was not smitten because it was not yet ripe. So when they, their first passover, over, barley was ripe. And that's why it was smitten if you read it in the Bible. And remember when they used to do the, 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 the first fruit, the sheave wave, they had to take the barley which was ripe, which was the first one to ripe. And then, you know, these we call them the grains. So the grains they used to ripe first, but it was barley and then wheat. And then on the last part... We have got the, 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 the grapes and the olives that ripe first. So that's why Jesus Christ says, I will not drink this cup with you until I drink it, I knew, with, 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 with you in my Father. You know, when he comes the second time, in the time of the oil and the wine. Praise the Lord. So the harvest has to do with the program of God. Remember when the enemy sowed a seed, the angel said, Shall we uproot this seed? And God says, don't do it, because you may uproot the good seed. Wait for the harvest. So God always comes at the time of the harvest. Remember Ruth and Naomi. They were in Moab, and they were sojourning in Moab, and they lost everything. But they heard that God had visited his people in Israel. And they went back at the time of the harvest. And Boaz played the kinsman's redeemer at the time of the harvest. So God is, is concerned with the harvest. And this harvest, in the Old Testament, yes, it was wheat and barley. But today, it's not wheat and barley. It's the source of man. It's the field of the earth. It's the field of people. It's Africa. It's Pakistan. It's America. It's, it's Europe. That's the harvest that God is concerned about. Praise the Lord. So Ruth is... Re- so, so Boaz redeems Naomi, which is Israel, and takes Ruth in the time of the harvest. And remember Ruth, where was Ruth when he, met, when he met Boaz? Ruth was going behind the reapers. And Jesus Christ says, the reapers are the angels. So the church for seven church ages was walking behind the reapers. It was walking behind Martin Luther King. It was walking behind John Wesley. It was walking behind William Branham. And at the end, we meet our Boaz. And he opens the book. Hallelujah. Because he finds us in the field. Let me tell you this, my brother, my sister. Don't go to the left. Don't go to the right. Don't go after the young man. Stay in the field of the harvest. Stay in the field of Boaz. Because he is the Lord of the field. And Ruth, one time, she was working in the field... With the reapers. And then the next time, she is the owner of the field. Today we are working in the world, brother. We are going to Africa. We are going to Europe. But one of these days, God is going to give us this world. The children of God shall inherit this kingdom. Hallelujah. From Georgia to Maine, it shall be given to the children of God. From Cape to Cairo, it shall be given to the children of God. Because we are the seed of Abraham. When God made a covenant with Abraham, Abraham said, Lord, how will I know that you are going to perform this covenant? And he says, bring me a heifer, a she-goat, and a ram, a turtle dove, and a pigeon, right? And I'm going to show you how it's going to happen. And you know the story. And these five, they represent, you know, the five offerings: the sin offering, the trespass trans- 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 offering, the meal the me offering, and so on. And, you know, the, the two birds, Brother Branham says, they represent divine healing. Because they were never cut. There was divine healing in the Old Testament. And there was divine healing in the New Testament. And Brother Branham says now, that, you know, the, the Bible says, God said to, to, to Abraham, your children are going to sojourn in a foreign land. And after 400 years, I'm going to bring them with a mighty hand. I'm going to do it when the cup of the Amorites is full. So the only thing that, is, that God was waiting for was waiting for the cup of the iniquity of the Amorites. And today, the iniquity of the Amorites is becoming full, my brother. We see what is happening with perversion. We see what is happening. There is no political party that can stop what is happening. There is no political candidate that can stop what is, what is happening. It's the finger of God. God does not curse a nation. God does not curse people. God has got two laws. The word dethronomy means two laws. If you obey, you get the blessing. If you disobey, you get the curse. So people take their choice. And this country took its choice. And it has gone a path that we cannot reverse. And the only thing that waits for this country is judgment. We are living in the time of judgment. And God does not change He brings judgment whenever his mercy is rejected. If you reject the light, you walk in darkness. Hallelujah. There is no amount of political lobbying that can stop the wrath of God. There is no amount of political pressure that can stop the wrath of God. Brother Brown says the only thing that can stop the wrath of God is quick repentance. Hallelujah. David was asked to choose three things. He says choose the sword, famine, or pestilence. You know that? And remember, when God spoke to Jeremiah, he said, Those that are not carried to Babylon, they will face famine, and they will face pestilence, and they will face the sword. So, God does not change. The sword represents wars, and the famine represents drought. You say, Well, we are in America, we don't have drought. You have got great depressions, you have got financial crisis. That's drought. Yeah. Amen. And the third one is pestilence polio. Swine flu, HIV and AIDS, COVID, all these things. So, brother, we we, we are here. These things are not supposed to affect us, right? But because we are here, yes, somehow they will affect us a little bit. But they are not meant to kill us because we are the children of God. Remember, when Brother Branham was here, it was a time of the Great Depression. And he, he said that the brothers would gather together to eat a plate of beans. Because there was such hunger, there was a Great Depression in America. So they were part of the bride. But they saw the effects of the judgment of God. When Brother Branham was here, people said, Brother Branham, there's a pandemic in the land. Can you pray for this uh, smallpox, this polio that is ravaging our children? And the prophet prayed. Amen. So if we go away, if, if COVID goes away, The next thing that is going to come is another financial crisis. If you look right now, the big banks, they are stocking commodities like silver and gold because they know that one way or the other, we are going to have another global financial crisis. And there is no economist from Harvard or from any Ivy League that can stop that because it's the finger of God. The only thing that the church needs to do, brother, is to go up. The only thing that you and I need to do is to go up. I don't care if, you know, they give the Republicans or the Democrats, I'm not, you know, concerned or worried. I just want to be out of here. Because it's just one thing after the other. Because, remember, in in the early days, the Spanish flu, which wiped about almost a quarter of Europe, I, I think. Because, remember, God does not change. But Abraham says, when a seal is broken, a mystery unfolds. And people that believe that mystery, they are sealed into the kingdom. And those that reject it, they receive temporary judgment, right? If you read history, there's what they call the bubonic plague, or the black death, where almost a third of Europe was wiped out. Amen. Because they rejected the mystery which was, would have been spoken by a messenger. But because now we are in the last days, the wrath of God is, is poured without measure. Because that's what the Bible says in the book of Revelation. It's poured without mixture. Now, in the the oriental times, they used to have wine. And if you want to make the wine less toxic, you'd you'd mix it with water, right? So, sometimes when God gives temporary judgments, it's it's, it's just given temporarily, it has got a mixture. But in the last days, it's poured without mixture. It means that it annihilates everything. It annihilates the political system. It annihilates everything. So, we have had the first world war and the second world war. That's the swords. And we had, you know, the, poly, the, the, the swine with the, 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 the Spanish flu and all these diseases. That's, that's what, uh, the, the pestilence. And we had the Great Depression and the, all these financial crises. That's the famine. And we are in that cycle and it will get worse and worse after COVID. You know, right now, America is sitting at 28 trillion of debt. And, you know, the Democrats, they want to keep pumping money, you know. But we know that the way it's going to lead to its another crash. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I, why am I saying this? I'm telling you that we are in the time of the harvest. And what the harvest, God first gathers the tears. And then he gathers the wheat. Amen. He gathers the wheat first and then the tears. So, so the tears are being gathered by politics and religion. And the wheat is being gathered by the word. So what we are doing today is we are looking for the last one. The last one could be your neighbor. The last one could be in in Honduras. The last one could be in Zimbabwe. The last one could be in Spain. But as soon as the last one comes, then the bride goes out of here. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Invisible union of, of the bride of Jesus Christ. What a sacred trust. What a responsibility to a woman. Now, see... She's a type of the church which has the same responsibility as a woman has a sacred responsibility to motherhood, for her virtues, for her husband. And the church has a sacred responsibility to prayer, to the Word, and to Christ, just the same as a woman. I've listed those ones. And and as a woman drifts off with another man, when a church goes off on these institutional programs and building programs and schools and so forth, I have nothing against them. They are all right. They serve their purpose. But they are not, you know, I've cut the slide here, but they are not God's program, right? So these things are fine to build schools, to build all these hospitals. They are fine. But we have got a program. We have got a sacred responsibility that's to preach the word. The framers, they called it the Great Commission. You know, I was uh, listening one time and there was a, a constitutional debate on impeachment. Not, I'm not getting into politics, just giving an example. And I got interested in how they were saying, the framers, the framers, because everyone wants to get in the mind of the framers. What, what were they thinking when they wrote this provision in the Constitution? What was their motive? And, and, and I just thought, you know what, we also have the framers of the Bible. And the prophet... He gives us the mind and the attitude and the motive of the framers of the Bible. Hallelujah! If you don't know the the mind, the motives of the framers, you get into a constitutional nightmare. And if you don't know the mind, the motive, and the attitude of the framer of the Bible, you get into a religious nightmare. Hallelujah! So the prophet comes and tells you, this is what this means. This is what Christ means, Right? So, I'm going to share a little bit of pictures here, you know, uh, just to to digress. I know you have seen some of these ones, but I want to emphasize, and this sermon here is just really to encourage and to say, brothers, you are doing very well with whatever you're doing with missions, with all these things. That's what God told us to do. That's our inheritance. Amen. So, this is a group in in, in Banquet. I've been to this place. I've preached there a couple of times. And these people, they were so happy and so thankful for for the Bibles that were sent to them. And a lot of them cannot afford Bibles. And I've preached to these people a number of times. There are some of them who had never heard even anything about religion. Not even to talk about the message or anything. Just to, to talk about Christianity. There are people who have never heard about Jesus. That's why I don't waste my time with people who want to argue. Did Brother Branham say this? Did this mean this? Did this happen? Or did this miracle happen? I don't care, brother. You can be, believe whatever you want. There are people who have never heard the gospel. And that's where I want to put my effort. If you want, someone wants to argue and debate, they can have it whatever way they want. As for me, I will put my effort in preaching to someone who has never heard about Jesus. Not someone who is trying to debate or argue and say, Brother, this quotation... This one, is the seventh still open or not? Well, I don't know, brother. Whatever I think. You know, there are people we have never heard the name of Jesus. And I should not waste my sacred time debating and fasting. I want to focus on these people. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, this, this is another group. This one is in too, And um, it's like I've been there also. It's it's in the remote, it's like in the midst of Zimbabwe, but it's in the remote rural place. And the people here, they are the Remba tribe. And, you know, some of them, they believe that they are black Jews (laughs) and they believe all these traditions, you know. But this is the group and they got their Bibles and they were happy. And um, just to give you a perspective, one time I went there to preach with a friend of mine. And we were coming from South Africa. And we were using buses that time. And we had to connect. So, because we arrived there late, like 12 a.m., there was no transport to take us to the actual area. So, we had to walk for like 10 kilometers in the midst of the night just to get to the place where these believers are. So, So, I remember I was so tired that day. And, you know, you walk for 10 kilometers and you get there. You are the song leader, and sometimes you are the preacher, and then after you preach, you lead people into worship, you pray for them, and you close, and you go, and sometimes you're also the trustee, so you'll be having all these offices, <laughs> and then you walk for another 10 kilometers back, you know? And and these people are so thankful, and uh, they don't have, you know, like the technologies that you have. Some of you people, when when, when you can't come to church, you tune in, and you go to the website, and... You can, you know, listen to all these sermons. But they don't have, some of these people, they, 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 they rely on the preacher to come. But, you know, if you send them Bibles and, and spoken word books and translations, it really, really helps them. Amen. Amen. So, <clears throat> and this is another group in the place called uh, it's, it's, a, it's These are farms pretty much. I, I've been there also and um, and... They are a very nice group of people. And you see, we, we were, because of the lockdowns, we, we were, we had, people had to go door to door to give this Bible. Sometimes you couldn't gather people all at one place because of the lockdowns. And this is another group. It's one of the outreaches in, in Bulawayo. So, yesterday, I was speaking to the young people in this region. It's the southern part of Zimbabwe. And. Um, They have got this this brother, the brother who preaches to this group, he has got like over 40 outreach churches, like little mission churches in the villages. And yesterday we had a youth meeting and it was broadcast on, it was on Zoom, but they broadcast it on YouTube and Facebook. And we had hundreds of people who tuned in, you know, and uh, they were throwing questions and some of them, (laughs) they were just so hard. (laughs) I thought Brother Stephen would join me, but, you know, he, he missed my message, but, just to, to 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 let you know that it's it's there's plenty of work and there's plenty of people who are you know really enjoying and receiving the message. So so this is the, another group. It's in uh, Mutambara. I've been there also, I preached there a couple of times. <coughs> no, I think once or twice. And these believers are actually making bricks to build a church. You know. So, (laughs) some of you, you don't want to come to church, but there are people who actually have to make bricks from mud so that they can build a church. These used to gather in schools, but because of COVID, government says we don't want you to use school classrooms for church services, right? So they would gather under the trees. But then it's summertime in Africa right now, so the rain is pouring down. So now they have to quickly make these uh, bricks so that they can build, you know, uh, temporary structures. So you see there the brothers and sisters they are right down into work. So this is one of the group that we we, we sent out the Bibles. So they are building a church as quickly as they can. It's 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 uh, this group right here. So this is the school where they were having services. So they were chased out because of. So just to to, to give you a little picture of you know uh, what's happening on the missions and you know. Um, how the Lord has been, has been working, and just to let you know that it's, it's whatever you're doing, it's not in vain. And missions is not just Africa, or it's your neighbor. Missions is is talking to your to your boss. Missions is testifying to your kids. You see now, don't just think well, it's, uh, everything has to be about Africa, and no, no, not really. <laughs> it's just one aspect of it. Whatever we can do, if it's Mexico, if even here in Hickory. If you say we want to pass out tracts, if you want to say we want to have a concert, and you know, whatever you can do, that's missions. But whatever you can do, do it, my brother. And there are a few things that Brother Bonham would say, this is, missions is one of the things that the prophet says, if you do it, you are always in the will of God. In other words, don't waste your time praying and saying, Lord, can I do this? You might as well just do it, because you are in the will of God. Because it's a sacred trust that God gave to the church. Praise the Lord. So, this is another group. Uh, so, these are some of the areas that we send out Bibles. And um, it's, I, I, I've got a list here. Some of the Bibles haven't been distributed because of the lockdown. They are yet to be distributed. So, there's Mtambara, Bankhead, Nedziwa, And some of the places, like for example, if I say Pumula here. It, it just listed it as one place, but you could have like ten churches in the in the in the in the village. Like for example, if I, if I say Hickory, there's uh, this, there's neutron, and then there's this one, and this one, and this one. So we, we just you know send 20 Bibles to this group, 20 to that group, 20 to that group, because we, we had over 2,000 Bibles that we, we, we bought. Amen. So this is the map. It's yet to be updated, but we've covered a, a couple of places. So, anyway, I'm going back to my notes. So, the, the Begamian church age, Brother Barham says, I believe, according to Revelation 13, verse 16, that the bride will have to stop preaching for the beast is demanding the mark, or the, the mark in the hand or the forehead. If permission to preach be granted, denominations will take the mark or be forced to quit preaching. Then the lamb will come for his bride and judge the great harlot. So the only thing that is going to stop the bride from preaching is the beast. There is no man that can stop the bride from preaching. There is not, the only thing that, that the prophet is saying will stop the bride from preaching is the beast. So in other words, we have to keep going. We have to keep ministering. We have to keep, do, we have to keep doing the best that we can do. Because we are living in the time of judgment. We have found mercy in the time of judgment. Amen. Because remember, the mark of the beast, you know, I think we have had series on the mark of the beast. It's either two things. You receive the seal of God. If you reject it, you receive the, what? the mark of the beast. So it's not boycotting vaccines. It's not boycotting, all, as we found out in the, in, the, in the messages. It's if you receive the word. But if you reject the word... Because the prophet says the mark of the beast is a sign of apostasy. And apostasy, it means rebellion, right? And the first person to rebel against God was Lucifer himself. He rebelled in heaven. And he is the beast, right? And we know that hell was made for the beast and his angels. So the the, the first one to rebel was Lucifer. And the hell was created for Lucifer and his angels. And if you go in the same rebellion... You go in the same judgment with Lucifer. So in other words, you'll be receiving the same judgment of the beast. Amen. So the mark of the beast is a mark of apostasy. It's a mark of rebellion. And it's going on right now. The word is being preached. And people are rebellious. For example, God made a man to be a man, a woman to be a woman. But we find there are men who want to be women and women who want to be men. I know I might get in trouble for this in these you know days that we are living in, but I don't care really because you know I know whom I have believed. Amen. Even if I die, I'm willing to die, brothers and sisters. Amen. But because it's rebellion, people want to rebel. It's the spirit of the beast. Remember, Cain, the first person to be marked. God opened the seal to him and said, Do what your brother has done, offer a lamp. But because he was of the evil one, he says, No, I'm not going to do it. And rather than obeying God, he slew his brother. So, someone will say, Brother, you know, my hormones, I was born like this, you know, I just had this natural proclivity, I just love men. You are not responsible for the way you are born. You, we, we are all born in sin, we are all, all born with our problems and our defects. We are, we are born with our natural inclinations. We are not responsible for that. You are born a liar, you are born a thief, you are born loving, gambling, you are born all these things. You are not responsible. But you don't give us the solution. You wait for God to give you the solution. We will show you the solution in the word of God. Offer a lamp as your brother has done. And if you accept it, God can save you. But if you say, well, the Bible is wrong, then you go into apostasy. You are marked for rebellion. That's why God told Saul. For the sin of rebellion is like witchcraft. Amen. Praise the Lord. So the people, they rebel against the Lord. To rebel, you don't rebel. You only rebel when you are assured the truth. When the truth is ministered to you, that's when rebellion comes. If you walk in ignorance, then God cannot condemn you. But this is the condemnation that comes to the world that the light has come, but men love darkness. Because these deeds were what? Were evil. Praise the Lord. Let's read, God has a provided lamp. If the first, if the first church that came off the vine was a Pentecostal church with all the gifts, if, the, if that ever really puts out another branch, they will write another book of Acts behind it. And that's what they had in the days of the apostles. And the apostolic age never ended. So the apostolic age never ends. The apostolic age has to go on and on and on. And the reason why sometimes we don't see the great powers of God that we we read in the Bible is because we are not in the program of God. If you want to receive the blessings of God, you have to get into the program of God. I don't have time. I could share with you some of the testimonies that I saw in the fields in terms of healings and miracles. Those things, they happened because God was vindicating His Word. Because, you know, when you are testifying to people who are new, when you are, God is obligated to break up His Word. Because that's His program. But when you, when you come to church, we are believers. Sometimes there is no need for God to just, you know, like, the prophet talks about, you know, the Bible talks about speaking in tongues and interpretation. It's for the edification of people who come who are new. Right? So there's nothing to prove here. You know, you people know that God is a healer, all these things. And we want miracles and we have them. But it's not so much demonstrated in the church, but it's demonstrated out there in the fields. You don't need nuclear weapons when you are, you know, in the camp. You need them when you are in combat out there. That's where you see all these great things. And remember, Brother Branham, had three pools. Now, the first pool and the second pool and the third pool. Now, the essence of these pools, it was pulling God's fish. The essence of the, of, of the pools was to pull God's people from denominations, God's people from the world. The essence of the plagues of Moses was to, to take people from Egypt. So, don't lose focus. The essence of all the miracles and all the, all the things that God does is to bring forth children in the kingdom. Amen. You say, brother, I wish I could see the things that were happening in the days of the prophet. They they are happening. You may not be a witness of it, but they are happening. I've been in the field for a lot of my my, my time when I came in the message. And I can tell you, I've seen a lot of things. I've seen a lot of things. By the grace of God, witnessing what God was doing. Not because there's some some special man or some, some special gift. No. The simplicity of just walking in the program of God. Praise the Lord. God has a provided lamb. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to them that are far off. Even as the many as the Lord our God shall call. And as, a, as long as God is still calling, the apostolic age still goes on. I know there are people who say, maybe we can just sit in our homes, just listen to a tape and not do anything. That's alright to listen to tapes. I encourage people to listen to tapes. But the apostolic age must still go on. People have to... They have to hear the word of God. The preachers have to, have to be called out and they have to minister. Amen. Praise the Lord. Investments. I was speaking last night coming down on the elevator. There was a lady on the elevator talking about, about she was going to, church, to, a, to a church party Said it's in the basement of the church. We are going to play bunko and they had techie. They was going to give away and this was to help pay the pastor and the missions. See, you are adopting something that isn't God's program. It never, if it ever gets to a place that I cannot preach the gospel until it's to indulge in things like that, I would close the Bible and go home. It's too bad. But we have it. Why? Because it's turned down the policy of eternal life. That's what does it. Lost love. When you lose your love for Jesus Christ, you lose your, your love in, in Christ's program. And Brother Brahm says, one of the evidence of the Holy Ghost is having a burden for the lost. Amen. When you have that burden for the lost, that's another, one of the signs. You know, you, you, I cannot put the Holy Ghost in a box. I'm just saying one of the signs is having that burden for the lost. Having that, we can have all other programs, but they come second. The first program is to go to the lost. And you know what? I believe the reason that this it is because they haven't been convinced yet and it's God with us. I believe, I believe that people really do that sincerely and think that God is in programs of organizing churches and making big denominations and bringing more people like in building, final buildings and so forth like that. That, that. that isn't God's program. That is God's program. That isn't God's program. It never was. It's not God's program to build big churches and big denominations and mega churches. It's a waste of resources. And as a church, that's not your program, you know, to finance political parties and, you know, getting all these things. Amen. That's spiritual fornication. You are are the bride of Jesus Christ. Stay away from politics. You will find out from a, a quotation that I will read that the, the harlot in Revelation, the Bible says she committed fornication with the kings of the earth. She had no business working with the kings of the earth. She had no business doing all these dealings that we have got no business in politics. Yes, we express our, our constitutional right to vote. You, you can do that. But don't get too bottled in politics and, you know, this and that and you know all that you are feeding on is politics, politics, politics. You, Brother bram says you can prostitute your time. And the Bible says the harlot has committed fornication with the kings of the earth. Spend your time with Jesus. Spend your resources on Jesus. That's your husband. That's your program. Amen. I don't care who is the king today or tomorrow. I know that Jesus Christ is the king of kings. How many love the, the superlatives of the Bible? What we call Jewish superlatives. The King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. The Holiest of Holies. The Song of Songs. Those are Jewish superlatives. Is when you, when you cannot find the, the, the best way to describe something, you, you, you go to these Jewish superlatives. It's like there is holies, but this one is the holiest of holies. There are so many songs, but this one is the song of songs. In other words, it's the chief song, it's the best song, it's the song of Christ and his bride. There are so many stories that we can talk about. There are so many books that we have read about Cinderella, Romeo and Juliet, you know, all, those, all these things. There is a story of Brother Aaron and Sister Trish. There's a story of Brother Ben, you know, Brother Jeremy. But the song of songs is Jesus Christ. And his bride. Amen. That's the song of songs. Praise the Lord. So the invisible union of the bride of Christ. And as a woman drifts off with another man, when the church goes off on these institutional programs, and building programs, and schools, and so forth, I have nothing against them. They are all right. They serve their purpose. But they are not, Jesus never said, go and make schools. Right? So it's just like at home, right? We have got our pets. We love them. We've got these other things that we do. We have to do those things. That's fine. But the main goal is to raise children. That's the first things, Because I want you to understand that the balance, what we call being balanced in the world, is not 50-50. God's balance is not 50-50. If you want to, for example, to bake a meal offering unto the Lord, God gives you His measurements. He would say, bring an omer of flour and a hin of oil. So even when, you, when it comes to approaching the word, you have to use God's measurements. There are things that, that we bring in big quantities. And there are things that we bring in small quantities. And the prophet says, you cannot measure on a minor. Amen. So there are things that should occupy more time in our lives. And there are things that, that, that we should, that should occupy a little time in our life. Not that we, we don't have to do this. Yes, we have to do it. But we have to know our priori- priorities. So that's what being balanced means in the Bible. Amen. Don't say, well, I spend 50% of my time doing this and 50%. That's not being balanced. There are sometimes some things, yes, 50 50 But some are 90 and 10%. If you are baking a cake, is it 10% salt or is it 1% salt? You know? If you say, well, I'm going to balance my cake, it won't be a cake. So if you want to bake a meal offering unto the Lord, you have to come by God's proportions. You see, speaking in tongues is the least of the gifts. But if you want to make it the main thing in the church, then you have lost your balance. But if you also say, we don't want speaking in tongues, then you have lost your balance. We want to have it, but we want to have it in proportionate measurements. Paul says, forbid not prophesying." But let everything be done orderly. Right? Two, three. Right? Don't exceed. But if you have got a service where someone speaks in tongues, another, another one interprets. After that, another one comes. And then we have got eight, twelve prophecies, you know, that take up one hour of the service. We have lost the biblical balance. Amen. You, you should know your balance, right? Spend more time in prayer. Spend more time reading the Bible. We don't say don't read other books. Brother Ram used to read the Reader's Digest and all these things. But if it comes to a place where you spend 10 hours reading a novel, 10 hours reading magazines, then you have lost your balance. Spend more time reading the Bible. Spend more time reading the spoken word. And then the other 1%... You can read the New York Times and all these other things that we need to, 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 read, to read about. But don't be like a bookworm. You're just reading all kinds of books. And if you, somebody asks you, what are the three virtues of a woman? You don't know them. Because you are spending... Remember Miss Methodist, when Brother Bram saw the Methodist Church in the vision, her wedding garment was filthy and, and she, she said, I have, I have been busy. You know? She was busy with the wrong programs. Amen. Preach the words. That's why they neglect it. Not make institutions, hospitals, and so forth. Them is alright. Them is what is alright. But that's not the church's duty. Their duty is to preach the gospel. But we have done everything else but that. And we have drifted in just like Satan did. And mixed it up with some gospel or something. And something else. Still has got a conglomeration of nothing, corruption, even our whole the whole world. What's the change of the world? Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I say I have put this slide here uh, as a reminder that you know, as a believer, you must know who you are not, and you must know who you are. You cannot leave one and take the other. Like John the Baptist, he made the perfect confession. He said, I am not the Christ. Tick. But you don't stop there. I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. So he knew who he was not, but he also knew who he was. Hallelujah. I am not the eighth messenger. Correct? But I am a member of the bride. Amen. I am not called to build schools and hospitals. That's correct. But what are you called to do? You are called to preach the gospel. Amen. So, we are, there are things that, you know, the Bible says, well, uh, don't do this, don't do that, you know. I'm not so much worried about that. I'm worried about what you are supposed to do. Don't say, well, we're not a denomination, we don't do this. Then what do you do? Remember, there's a a preacher's daughter who wanted to take Brother Branham out when Brother Branham was a young minister. and He says, can we do this? He said, I don't do that. He says, can we go to this tent? He says, no, I don't do that. And she said, so what keeps you going? I mean, what, 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 what? How do you spend your spare time? (laughs) And the prophet, one time, you know, when he was ministering, and the people came on the altar, and she said to that sister, this is what I enjoy. This is what gives me pleasure. So you say, I don't do this, that's fine. I don't do that, but then what is your program? My program is to preach to the lost. Amen. Praise the Lord. Why are we not a denomination? For kings of the earth have committed fornication. Rich men, great men. How would you commit, com, com, commit how would a king commit fornication with the church? That is spiritual fornication. Spiritual. What is fornication? It's, well, it's a woman living and true to her husband. So we live true to Jesus Christ. We don't want to be like this hallowed in Revelation who commits fornication with the rich men with the kings of the earth. She's living with another man whilst she's got a husband. And this church is pretending to be the bride of Christ whilst she's committing fornication with the kings of the earth. With her unclean living, unclean profession, it's deep, it's rich. I just love the word. Now, whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Now, if you commit spiritual fornication with the kings of the earth, you bring forth bastard children. And those bastard children, they are just, you know, rejected. Amen. But if we stick to Christ, we bring forth children unto Jesus Christ. The mouth of the beast and the seal of God too. But notice how strange it is. It was on November the 11th at the 11 o'clock in the day. The 11th day of the month, the 11th month in the year. The eleventh hour of the day and eleven minutes till eleven. What was it? Hold. Stop mysteriously. What did it? God's issue went forth to hold it. Hold the four winds. Means war and strife. We know. Until we have got Israel back in Palestine. Hold the four winds. And it stopped right there on the eleventh hour. So this was the end of World War. One, two sometimes I get confused, you know. I'm, in Africa, we don't celebrate these uh, holidays. But <laughs> so, this, uh, this war, it was stopped on the 11th day at 11th, o- uh, 11 o'clock in the 11th month. Brother Abraham says, to call in the 11th hour workers. We remember the parable when Jesus Christ said that, that a man hired people to work in his field. And there were some who came in the first hour second hour, and they all received a prize. And there were some who came in the eleventh hour. And they received the same prize that those that came in the first hour received. And Brother Branham is saying that these people, so God stopped the the, the first world war, he stopped the second world war, so that the eleventh hour wakers can come in. So that you and I can come in, and we can wake in the eleventh hour. We can work in the field of Boaz. We can call in the last one. God did not stop the First World War so that we can just build nice houses. That's alright, my brother. God did not hold the four winds of the earth so that we can just drive nice cars. That's alright, we want that. But God held the four winds of the earth so that we can work in the field so that the 144,000 can be sealed. So that you and me can be sealed. So that your children can be sealed. So that your grandchildren can be sealed. Not for us to just be complacent and say, well, we are the bride of Jesus Christ. We go to you know, uh, dinners and things. Those things are alright. But let's not lose our focus. God would have destroyed the world in, in the First World War. God would have destroyed the world in the Second World War. How did they Get Hitler. It was just mysterious. It was the tender hand of God. Because he knew that there were some people who still need to hear this gospel. I know that some of you old timers, you know these quotations. But sometimes we need to preach them once more so that, so that these little ones that are coming can receive another circumcision. Because remember when before they crossed into, into Israel, Joshua was told circumcise these people again. Because there were some who were born along the way who did not get a chance. Amen. To be circumcised. Praise the Lord. Sometimes there are people who just grow up in the message and they never got the chance to hear the word the same way that you heard it. So sometimes when we, when we repeat these things, Paul says to Timothy, if you remind the brethren of, of these things, you do a good service. Because we cannot just say, oh, they are going to be fine. They have to hear why we believe what we believe. Why we are what we are. Where we are coming from and where we are going it gives them an understanding that why am I wearing a long skirt? Why am I different? Amen. They have to know. So God had to, to stop the four winds of the earth according to Revelation so that he could seal the 144,000 so that he could seal the last members of the bride. That's the only reason. Amen. So that's why we are working over time. Because we see the judgments of God, they are just right at the doors. Amen right at the doors. Let's read the next time. Remember Jesus speaking of the 11th hour people. And the one that come in the 11th hour, what did he say? Oh, don't be dumb, peace preacher. Look, how did he say the 11th hour people got the same ways the one did that come in the first hour. Then the baptism of the Holy Ghost has got to right back and seal the Jew like the first one was sealed. That 11th hour people hold the four winds. Don't let the world be destroyed. Until we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. Don't destroy the world until people receive the Holy Ghost. Don't destroy the world until people in Africa hear the gospel. Don't destroy the world until people in Pakistan hear the message. Don't destroy the world. Until so God is, is determined. Because The cup of the Amorites is full. When it comes to a place that you know, people finance abortions and all these things... You are filling the cup of the Amorites. Because remember, the messenger brings forth a mystery. And he gathers people by a trumpet. That's according to the first seal. And when people reject that, the mystery of that seal, a, a vial is poured out. And it brings a plug. Because a plug is in the cup, a, 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 a vial. I know these days people talk about the vial of vaccine. So the vial... It's a cup that contains the wrath of God or that contains the plagues of God. So, when you don't take the seal, you receive the vial, the cup. You drink from the cup of the, what, of the hallowed. Praise the Lord. So, so, God wanting to destroy the world because, remember, God is just. If he let us go by, he would have to raise up Sodom and Gomorrah and apologize. But because God is a just God, if he destroyed the men of Nineveh, if, if, if the, the men of Nineveh, they repented by just one preaching of Jonah. We have had Billy Graham, we have had Oral Roberts, we have had William Branagh, we have had all these evangelists. And people are still becoming worse and worse. God is left with no choice. You would just take the elect and you would destroy the whole thing. Because now people are talking about, you know, <laughs> Some of the things, you can even say them on the pulpit. They are just crazy things. Amen. There's, there's, there's nothing that God can do. People have literally just become animals. Amen. And God cannot do nothing. Because we are doves, right? And the Bible says, come out of here, my people. Babylon the Great, she has become a cage of every hateful birds. So in the cage, there are vouchers and all these evil birds. So what God does, he takes the bride, he takes the dove out, and he destroys this cage. But it has come to a place where there is nothing to salvage. I mean, it's not America. The whole world is just in, a, in, a, in corruption. Amen. Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For ye paid tithe of meat and earnings and cannings. I don't know what these are, but maybe... Spices, all right. <laughs> Thank you, brother. <laughs> and you have committed the weightier matters of the law. So they are weightier matters and there are others which are not weightier, right? So like I said, there are things which take a bigger proportion. So you have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you to have done and not leave the other undone. So people today they are focusing on tithe, you know, make a churches. Bring your tithe just bring your seed. Just, you know, it's a red dress. Preachers buying private jerseys and things like that. They are the hypocrites that Jesus Christ is saying. Saying, you are living the weightier matters of the, the law. Earth. You are living the most important things. Amen. The sacred virtue of the church. Then he said unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. He did not say, follow me, and I uh, will, you know, He says, I will make you fishers of men. I am going to make you people who fish for other people. Amen. You are called to be a fisher of man. Whatever, in whatever way you can do, if you can pray, pray. If whatever you can do, you are a fisher of man. God has called us to be fishers of man. Shall we stand upon our feet? <laughs> Brother Andy, if you can come and, and pray for us. Brother Andy Irish. I want to read this quotation. It's in the spoken word. Brother Barnum says, You are the virtuous bride of, of, of Christ, washed in the blood of Christ, precious, virtuous, sinless Son of God, standing with a pure, unadulterated bride, word that He washed by the water of His own blood that become flesh and manifested, that he might take you which were predestinated in the bosom of the Father before the beginning, and the same as he was. You are the virtuous bride of Jesus Christ. You are the virtuous mother of heaven. Brother Andy, pray for us.
4: Precious and lovely Lord Jesus, with our heads bowed, Father, the words have been spoken. and Lord, we're just humbled that you would choose us, Father, from before the foundation of the world to use us as vessels to be fishers of men, Lord Jesus. And there's some here, Father, that may never go abroad. They may never go anywhere else. Maybe not even leave this state, Father. That doesn't mean they can't fish for men in their own neighborhoods, Lord, in their own way, Father, in their prayer closets, Lord. So, Father, we just ask that you would reveal to each and every individual their part that you want them to play in this great story that you have so graciously let us become part of, Father. Lord, we ask that you would take a hold of Brother Aaron, Father, and you would just the virtue that went out of him, Lord Jesus. May you pour back in, Father. Be with his wife, Lord Jesus, during this time, Father. And just bless and surround and protect both of them, Father. And Lord, help us. Help us, Lord Jesus, where we fail you. Help us, Lord Jesus, where we prostitute our time, Father. I know I'm guilty of that. And so, Father, I ask, Lord Jesus, that you forgive me and those of you out there, I can't repent for you. But if you adjust in your own way, you know, Lord. You know, we know. We know what we do. We know when we fail you, Father. And so we just ask for your forgiveness. We know you're going to forgive us, Lord. But put something in our hearts, Lord Jesus. Put something, Lord, in our minds that where we could be used by you, Father, during this final race, this final push toward the finish line. And, Father... Once again, the word's been sown in our hearts. Now as we worship a little bit, Father, may you come and may you water it and may it grow to fruition, Lord. And Lord, I don't want to settle on 30%. I don't want to settle on 60%. Lord, I want want the 100%. And so, Father, we would ask that. We ask it all in the precious and holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: Brother Aaron, what a powerful message, amen! And what a what a blessing it is to see the Word of God being spread into remote areas, amen! And to see saints of God receiving the message of the hour in their own language, their own tongue, amen! What a what a blessed thing that must be to to have the Bible, something that you maybe have never had before in your own language, amen! To hold close and read to you, amen! Uh, it's, it's just such an encouragement. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's sing a little bit together as we, as we close our service today. Sing this with me. Consume me, Lord. Consume me, Lord.
2: high and lifted up, O Lord, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power in love as
0: I sing this song commune with me come keep that spirit of worship in your heart as you go today sing this song take up your cross and follow jesus take up your cross